0: Broadcasting live from the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. Armstrong and Getty.
1: And now he is Armstrong
2: and Getty.
1: Out of respect for and in tribute to the United States Marine Corps, we're changing the opening of the show somewhat this morning. Terrible losses experienced by the country and the Corps, as well as the Navy. As they were executing one of the most incredible humanitarian missions ever witnessed on Earth.
2: So we were talking about how to handle today. Um, we're not going to be Afghanistan focused the whole show, but, um, a lot of it we will be. And, uh, there are other things to talk about that we will talk about, but man, it's, it's a rough situation. It's a rough day.
1: And especially in that. I think the administration, the president specifically, was completely exposed as not being up to the job yesterday. Oh boy. It was one of the most humiliating days for the American presidency I've ever witnessed. Well, I have my thoughts, but what are you specifically focused on? I thought the press conference, the, uh, well, the, the speech in the press conference were awful. I thought they were an extremely tired, scattered old man going through the motions of leadership. Uh, unable to handle queries from the press, haltingly admitting that he was being instructed what to do and who to call on. It was just, uh, in a moment where we needed strength, leadership, resolve, sharpness, uh, I thought we got the opposite. He looks like he's aged 10
2: years in the last month.
1: Man, I mean, I don't think there's
2: anybody that wasn't struck by when he walked. At The way he walks, he's hunched over, he just looks so old and weak, and then just kind of whispery. Kind of lost, uh, you know. Well, it's a tough thing to handle as a guy his age. He's got a lot on his plate for a guy his age. That's one of the reasons that generally you don't pick people his age
1: to be in charge of all this stuff. Particularly, somebody of his age who showed every sign of cognitive decline, and it's not good for the country. I'm not happy about it. I'm not yay Republicans about it. I think it's awful. But I, you know, and and I'm Mr. Don't make big pronouncements, sweeping pronouncements after something important happens because the world keeps spinning. Things change, then they change back again. And generally life goes on as it is. Having said that, I can't even picture how this administration regains a feeling of uh, strength, progress, wisdom, etc. It's just it was brought to its knees. As
2: far as back in Afghanistan, there at the uh, at the airport, there's not a heck of a lot different today than it was yesterday before this attack happened. It's uh, there's not a lot stopping it from happening again right now. Right, um, you got a whole bunch of scary, crazy dudes willing to blow themselves up. You still got the Taliban uh, in charge of security along with the Haqqani Network, whatever any of that means. I mean, our trusted partners the Taliban that are taking care of security for us? Yeah. So people that couldn't get past the Taliban because they're so, uh, so thick with their checkpoints to make sure you got the right paperwork, somebody with a giant bomb got through. And the question, of course, everybody has is, did they do it on purpose, or are they incapable of stopping it? And neither one of them are good answers. You know, I'm
1: leaning toward incapable of stopping it. I am, just too. Because from what I've read, ISIS-K is, is hell-bent on discrediting the Taliban, killing so many people the Taliban is, can't uh, hold on to Afghanistan anymore. So they're they're death cultists.
2: Yeah, geez, this, it would be funny if... Oh, well, we didn't have, you know, just such a serious outcome. But I was hearing somebody describe how ISIS-K is a more conservative brand of the Islam that the Taliban preaches. So they're, the Taliban is like Bernie Sanders to, uh, to a Ted Cruz in terms of the politics. ISIS-K is a more, con- more conservative than the Taliban, a group that stones women for walking without a male chaperone, a group that, you know, beats people in the streets for listening to music, a more conservative group than that. What right. the hell is wrong with these people? And more militant. How do you get that crazy, these death cults? Well, we've been asking that question for 20 years and in some ways with Iran, you know, longer than that. But uh, there, are, there's a lot of them out there. And again, like I said, there, there's nothing stopping what happened yesterday from happening again today. Really? So that's why they're trying to get out of there. The Marines went right back to work, you know, within, within no hardly any time at all. They were back to doing the same thing. Um, as you probably saw on the TV, a bunch of military people saying, this is, this is what we do. we got a mission. Uh,
1: you know, that happened. Now I we get, we get right back to the mission. The mission didn't change. Yeah. It was just, remarkable. The, uh, the general in charge of CENTCOM, how matter of fact he was, he said, it's terrible, but uh, we have a job to do. We knew it was dangerous. We're going to keep doing it.
2: I suppose that's the
1: only way you can get any
2: military operation done is with that attitude. My brother did that exact same thing at the airport in uh, in Iraq at Baghdad when we ran in 2003 and almost got blown up by a suicide bomber. Exact same job of checking, trying to check people that were already supposed to be checked before they got into the airport. And it's a heck of a dangerous thing and nerve-wracking and makes everybody pretty jumpy, as you can imagine, because every single human being that walks your way might be intent on killing you. Right, right. What a job that is that those people have been doing and now, and now doing it uh, with this. Can you imagine going back to work there, knowing just you a know, half
1: hour ago, somebody blew up a bunch of your friends? Well, and the point we've, we've made, others have made, and needs to be made uh, repeatedly, is that we, we crafted ourselves a circumstance where we were in a more or less public airport with the perimeter secured by our good friends, the Taliban, Instead of at a massive, well-defended military base, thanks to the decisions of the Biden administration, which are disastrous.
2: You know, I had the same feeling about uh, the president when he came out yesterday, as you did, is just, man, this is just not a good look. He he doesn't seem like he's on top of it. It looks weak. It is weak. He's a weak old man. Um, I'm going to be a weak old man sometime, too. Uh, I'm a weak middle-aged man, so I'm certainly going to be a weak old man. Um, But... uh, a number of things he said either at the end of the press conference, the end of his speech, I absolutely agreed with. And that's why, you know, I'm more on the side of getting out of there. We went in because 9-11 and tried to keep that from happening again. This whole look how awful it is for the Afghanis when he said, do you think we would have been here without 9-11? We were never going to come here and fight the Taliban. The Taliban had been running this country for 10 years in a brutal, awful way. And we wouldn't have come here. We wouldn't have done something about it if it uh-huh. hadn't been for 9-11. There's lots of places that suck in the world, and we don't go in there and try to fix them.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's it's a complicated situation over there because you have Afghan, uh, you have Pakistan rather up to their necks in Afghanistan and trying to project their strange view of the world, which is utterly opposed to the U.S.'s, even though we've given them tens of billions of dollars over the last quite a few years. Uh, it's just it's it's ugly and it's complicated. Yeah, God, I dig, I
2: need to dig up. I don't even remember who said it. I read a piece in a, a major publication the other day. That's how many details I can remember on this. But it was somebody saying what some president should have said, what Biden should have said, Trump should have said, Obama should have said. It was the speech that we've been talking about for a long time. A president should have come out and said, look, we're not going to try to fix Afghanistan. It's unfixable. Here's what we're going to try to do and why we're going to have a military base. And you explain uh, Pakistan and China and all the different parts and Iran's right over there and why we need to have a military presence there. And a and a president could have convinced Americans, I think, of why we need to have X number of troops at a base in that part of the world. But no president had the freaking guts to do that. It's either pull out or make it, you know, uh, Belgium and nothing in between, apparently right
1: and to, to continually describe it as a war and nothing but a war right. as oh, opposed yeah, yeah, yeah. to yeah. a strategic outpost yeah i skipped that part that was one of the main thrusts of the, was the, the the
2: imaginary speech some president should have gone given is just we're not at, in war we were in the beginning but we're not at war anymore here's what we're doing but for some political reason nobody could do that I, i'll never understand why they could somebody couldn't have somebody as persuasive as Obama or somebody couldn't have come forward and said explained to America why the war is over. This is what we're doing now.
1: And those of you who are up on military strategy and, and have an advanced knowledge of this stuff. Yeah, we understand that if we stopped supporting the Afghan military, then the Taliban would take over the country and we'd have an outpost in the midst of a very hostile country. And that gets a little complicated, too. But the point is more not the specifics of it, but can we get beyond the USA Today level pop messaging and level with the American people and and treat the American people like adults and not half wits? Who we're just trying to drive to the ballot box through our, our, our childish either offerings of candy or, or over simplistic descriptions of the world. It's just it's tiresome. Yeah, the never
2: ending war and America's longest war narratives that everybody pushed in both parties would, would just were not helpful to anybody about anything in terms of in terms of trying to understand what the hell we're trying to accomplish over there. Uh, and, and, and that's why so many people got lost and thought, let's get out. And that's why two thirds of Americans are all for getting out. So the mission continues. They got out, what, 11,000 people got out of there yesterday out of the airport, continuing to fly planes out of there. At any minute, there could be another bomb, bring down a plane, kill a bunch of people, who knows what, and then we're out. And then God help all those people that still live there. And then are the Taliban and ISIS-K just going to immediately go to war right there in the streets?
1: i got to imagine they are. Ooh, yeah, well, to the extent that ISIS K can be found, because they're a hit and run terrorist organization, they've been killing people like crazy all over Afghanistan. We just we haven't reported on it. We haven't heard about it that much. But do they turn it's an their internal intent- problem? Do
2: they turn their attention on the Taliban the second we're gone? Hundred percent. As soon as our last plane is wheels up, are they it's them and the Taliban? I, I, I don't know. Good luck with that country. For the regular people just trying to live their lives in Afghanistan, God, I mean, just you, you live in hell.
1: You live with- in hell with the thousands of al-Qaeda fighters, I think, siding with the Taliban. Oh, really? I think so. Yeah. I don't know. We're going to
2: talk to Mike Lyons here in about 10, 15 minutes. Glad we have him on early. Uh, We got mailbag coming up. How's mailbag look? Oh, it's good. It's really interesting. We got a cow. We got a clips of the week. That's exciting. Things are all coming together. All right. Um, Our text line. What are your thoughts on any of this? Uh, How do you think the president's speech went? Text line 415-295-KFTC.
0: Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show.
2: How's it going? It's Friday, heading into uh, the weekend with uh, a lot of us with kids in school finally, and that part of life getting back to it. You forget what the schedule is like with school during the summer, and then school starts again. And you think, "Oh yeah, that's right." You got a million places to go, different schedule hustle, hustle, every day. Hustle, hustle, yeah. yeah.
1: Yep. A lot to cram into this segment, and then we'll talk to the fabulous Mike Lyons in the next segment. Uh, first of all, let's take a fond look back at the week that was. It's Cal Clips of the Week.
0: The tension of a court show. You're both degenerates, and you discuss it. The emotion of a talk show. Well, hold up, everybody. I'm over here. Call Nati. Phones have ruined
1: self-esteem, comedy clubs, concerts, childhood, attention span, sleep cycles, using toilet time to reflect, oh, and dating. You know what woke means? It means you're a loser. Everything woke turns to s***, okay?
0: You don't think this could have been handled? This actually could have been handled better in any way? No mistakes? No. President Biden in his remarks on on Friday said three things that were demonstrably, provably untrue. What interest do we have in Afghanistan at this point with al-Qaeda gone? He should be impeached. Uh, This is dereliction of duty by the commander in chief. First of all, I think it's irresponsible to say Americans are stranded. They are not. We are opening the aperture. We are improving our
1: throughput. We're in touch with the Taliban daily. The Taliban wants to be recognized in international community restaurants across Belgium. They have a climate plan coming. To state the obvious here, an embassy does not belong in an airport because it's not a Wolfgang Puck
0: restaurant. The gates to the airport are unlike anything I've ever seen. But we're on the cusp of having the biggest mass hostage situation in American history, I would not
2: be surprised at all if this ISIS K attack is just a straw man. It's just a front for the Taliban who are actually organizing the attack against us.
1: I tell you, the war dogs
0: are hungry and it might be time to let them eat.
1: To those who carried out this attack, we will not forgive. We will not forget. We will hunt you down and make you pay.
2: Yeah, we didn't even discuss that. I appreciate the president saying that. you got to say uh-huh. that, and I'm sure that's our intention, but there's been bad guys blowing up people, including uh, Americans, for years, and we can't always stop it or get them.
1: Yeah, well, I, again, I appreciate him having yeah. said that, and that was the right thing to say, and I have no doubt that the uh, the fighting men and women of the United States will rain holy hell upon ISIS-K as soon as we can. Um But it was the overall tone of the thing that that I thought was just awful, as we were discussing earlier. Here's your freedom-loving quote of the day. Dwight David Eisenhower, perhaps you've heard of him. He saved the free world, along with millions of his friends. A people that values its privileges above its principles soon loses both. Mm. Eisenhower said that. Yeah, he did. Mailbag. Guys, been listening for a few years since I moved to Cal Unicornia. Love the show. Love your perspective. Keep it up. Thank you, sir. We will. For background, I enlisted in the Marines in 2004, been in the Corps ever since, now serve as an officer. Yesterday's events and the loss of those young Marines has understandably pissed me off. There are a thousand different points I could make, all of them true but predictable. But this popped in my head after listening to your show yesterday. How could it... How is it possible that making a stupid comment on a podcast a decade ago will cost you your job, in the case of the Jeopardy host, and possibly your career, but a dozen or so U.S. military service members can die and no one will lose their job? There will be no uprising in the media, no online calling for the resignation of bureaucrat extra-politician. Why? In In my opinion, a public servant position in government should be the easiest job to lose, not the hardest.
2: That's a decent point right there. Anybody in that chain of command in this entire disaster of, uh, of a way to get out of uh, Afghanistan had said anything anti-woman or trans or anything like that, and they would have been hounded out of their job. Mm-hmm. An unbelievable failure with people dying? Eh. What are you going to do?
1: Yeah. Within the context of the media. What does that say about our society? It's weird. Does it relate back to putting privileges above principles? Uh, misplaced principles perverted
2: priorities mike lines is our favorite guy to talk to on military stuff i want to hear what he's got to say and that's the next segment
0: armstrong and getty the armstrong and getty show it is going to be very difficult to go after these
2: groups now that the U.S. military is not, the U.S. military can't even leave the airport right now, no less go into uh, crowded areas where, where these ISIS cells are, are likely operating and hiding. And ISIS is now in the capital.
0: Yeah. So this is a very dangerous mission. My heart breaks for those Marines who ha- yeah. and paratroopers who are standing watch tonight and at the Kabul airport.
2: That's Jennifer Griffin of Fox News. Clearly ugly trying to get out of a situation like Afghanistan, but did did it have to be this ugly? That's one of the things we want to talk to Mike Lyons about.
1: Military analyst Mike Lyons joins us. Mike served with various military organizations in the United States military, uh, decorated combat veteran, etc. Mike, um, welcome. Thanks for working us in today.
0: Hey, guys. Thanks for having me back.
1: So how did we end up in the circumstance that led to the awful events of yesterday? What were the, the key points? What's on your mind?
0: Yes, so many linchpins. First of all, my thoughts to what the next of kin for those that were killed uh, and, and that uh, horrific bombing that took place yesterday. I'm still seeding over the fact that we didn't protect our force enough and we didn't respect uh, the situation at hand. We trusted our enemy. We outsourced security to our enemy there. Uh, we listened to the CENTCOM general talk about that we have this dangerous mission of getting close to these people to pat them down. It's just pure nonsense. If you have to come through that uh, airport in your underwear to make sure you don't have a bomb on, that's what we should have done, and uh, we just didn't have enough creat- creativity and didn't do it. So, but there were so many linchpins to the point of getting to where we got. Oh, oh, one more thing, and then and then when the CENTCOM commander made some comment like we expect this to happen. You know, there's this glib expression in the military about commanders expecting losses, you know, but the days of military taking Hamburger Hill for the sake of that are over. And when he made that comment, I just, again, seething because this was totally preventable. Uh, We should have had better security and and protected our force better. It sends a terrible signal to those on active duty.
2: Let's speak to what Jennifer Griffin was just talking about. Uh, Joe Biden um, promised to hunt the people down and make them pay. How likely is that?
0: Zero. Uh, With what? With what resources are we going to do that with? Everyone's gone. CIA's gone. Anybody that we had any kind of contact with in Afghanistan that's reliable is cowering in their basement right now trying to make sure that they're not killed by the Taliban. So uh, we're going to launch a cruise missile into some, what, shack of, of this boogeyman that we've created now that's caused this problem. It's their fault, ISIS-K. Uh, it's ISIS. It's the same. We're all trapped in time in different places, okay? This is 2011 in, in Iraq when when this organization is formed uh, once the U.S. pulls out. We've got the Afghanistan uh, situation. is 1996, 1997. There's about another civil war that's going to take place there. And then for our sake, it's 1978, 79, Iran. We've got hostages behind enemy lines. So everyone's trapped in time, a different place, but it all You know, comes together here on 2021, uh, and we just you know have to see where it goes forward.
1: I think everybody throws around the term "commander in chief" so readily they forget that it's actually factually true. And being from military families, Mm -hmm. we know our loved ones are acutely aware of who the commander in chief is, how they're commanding, what the policies are, etc. The commander in chief uh, addressed the nation yesterday. What'd you make of that?
0: Yeah, I think those of us that have uh, blood in the military and, and treasure uh, at stake every day and, and look at the commander in chief and we're concerned because we want accountability, want accountability for who's responsible for not protecting the force. We want accountability uh, with regard to this whole situation. I just want the humiliation to end. I want it over. I think the with the race to the exit is going to even be faster. If you're not inside that airport cordon right now you're not getting you're not getting out and I think it's going to take two or three days to get our military out let's make sure we get it out safely. God forbid there's man pads or something there that we shoot they shoot an aircraft down i can't you know i won't even can't, can't even fathom that situation we let that happen so but as a commander in chief um, I want accountability and uh, we just haven't haven't seen a lot of it.
2: What's it going to look like here in the next couple of days if, if we do what you just explained? It, it's, uh, the, there won't be any press left, I suppose, to watch it, so we'll be hearing about it from the military. I don't know who else would report on it.
0: Well, no, actually, it's going to be worse than that because the Taliban is going to shut down the Internet, so there's going to be no in, in and out. You're not going to be able to see that. Well, stories will trickle in across borders of across certain things, but the first thing they're going to have to do is go purge out all these people that supported Americans. Um, so, uh, if, you know, that, they're not going to be uh, friendly about it. So, that's exactly what they're going to do. So there's going to be a shutdown. There's also a civil war that's going to take place there. These ISIS-K and all these other forces are going to go after the Taliban as well. Then you have also in the north, you have a northern alliance of, of a resistance against the Taliban that I'm already reading reports about, you know, Charlie Wilson. We're going to start supporting those guys. Again, shaking my head going, what what, what are we talking about here? We're gonna, We're going to now to somehow divert money back into Afghanistan to fight the Taliban. So, it, it, again, it just it just never ends. We just need to, at this point, given what's happened, given all the linchpins that have been broken, violated, uh, all of the things that could have, it, it's similar to 9-11. There are so many things that we could have done in 9-11 to prevent that thing from happening. All you have to do is you know pull one of the linchpins down, it doesn't happen. Same thing happened here. There are so many things that could have happened months ago, weeks ago, days ago, could have happened that could have prevented this situation, and they didn't. And so here we are.
1: Military analyst Mike Lyons on the line. Mike uh, is giving up Bagram Air Force Base before we had our people out. One of those linchpins.
0: Well, it's a good question. I, I think that's a good morning, Monday morning quarterback question because the decision gets made back a few months ago, and guy friend of mine, Scotty Miller, involved with that decision, and I think it just had to do with the fact that the administration said you got five hundred troops, and that's all you have to defend it. And they looked, the military said we we can either defend one or the other, and that's either the embassy. Or the air, or the airport, so I I think they were forced into the corner of giving up Bagram. Now all the Monday morning quarterbacks want to all of a sudden get Bagram back, like like we can go to Amazon and you know order it back or something. It would take three or four days and ten thousand troops. And I, I talked to some guys that are on alert to do it, but they just say, Mike's not happening because we just can't get there from here with it. Um, so I think again, that's one of those linchpins that had the administration given the military more troops to defend, we should have been able to defend both those places. They they should have been together. The airport and the embassy should have been one thing to defend and not one or the other, which is what the military was given a choice of by the Obama administration, which they won't admit. They're not going to admit to that, but that's how that went down.
2: Okay, well, that kind of answers some of my last question, because I want to make sure we're being fair on this, because it seems to me that getting out of Afghanistan was going to be Messy no matter what, given the strength of the Taliban. So, um, how how much worse is it, was it, because of the d- decisions we've made versus it was going to be ugly anyway? Do you give this grade, you know, a C, a D, or is it clear down to an F?
0: No, it's clear down to an F. And, and this is because, again, we ignored the conditions based uh, leaving that we were going to do. So, for the past four months, the Taliban has been gaining access in areas in the outer provinces and we ignored those so the Taliban has been violating the Doha agreement this administration has not held them responsible for that this administration wants to hold up to the trump administration's fault because they made this deal to get out the con- the deal to get out was conditions based the, the the conditions were not enforced by the biden administration come back to may of this year and then it just you know accelerates we it, it, they get told 500 troops that's it That wasn't enough. The conditions on the ground didn't dictate that enough. They weren't listening to it, and now we're at the point where you see a very stubborn Joe Biden is not reversing anything. Donald Trump likely would have reversed himself months ago with regard to at least the conditions based, and he would have kept pushing this date out until we were sure that we can at least get out safely.
1: Mike Lyons online. Mike, we really appreciate your candor. It's great to talk to you. Thanks. Great guy. Thanks for having me. So many talking heads and analysts seem like they're reading from a script. Their comments are predictable. They're cliches. They're all the same. Mike comes on. He blasts away. Yeah. And he tells the truth. And and, and sometimes he disagrees with, with us. Sometimes, you know, like him, his taking down the CENTCOM commander. Where else are you hearing that? That's great stuff. And I really appreciate him coming on and speaking honestly. You can tell he's not a talking head. He cares.
2: Yeah yeah
1: and um
2: and he answered that question. I've heard a couple other people say this, so I brought it up earlier in the show i Joe Biden had to say yesterday we will we will hunt down whoever did this and make them pay. He had to say that we have to try, but it ain't gonna happen. How could that possibly happen? We've been trying to kill people like this. For 20 years with troops there and the CIA there and everything else you need to try to find. And a lot of them were still blowing stuff up on a regular basis, including our guys and our
1: equipment. Right. Now, when and we a got huge n- network of Afghan spies who are now hiding in their basements. Is Mike and
2: passed. with nobody there, we're going to find who's responsible for this. How would that happen?
1: Yeah, yeah. I thought Biden's performance yesterday was awful. It was just awful. Continually blaming Trump in the agreement he made, just having you know to state what's been stated many times he overturned, went back on, changed, canceled every damn thing Trump did. But this was the one that he must to stay to the script and observe the, the wise and benevolent Donald Trump's treaty. Come on, I take full responsibility, but Trump made the agreement. That's practically what he said. we got to get to some clips of that disastrous performance.
2: Probably ought to read some uh, texts. I'm uh, interested in what you have to think about this. Text line four one five two nine five kftc The ugliness certainly is not over. And it could be. There's no reason. Like I said, there's no reason the same thing that happened yesterday doesn't happen right now. There's nothing stopping that from happening.
1: Just the the good graces of the Taliban's security,
2: or, or the, you know, ISIS K used up all their mu- munitions yesterday, and it'll take them a while to come up with more. That's the only thing. They're still in the same situation. Um, now they didn't close that one gate. They 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 they, they uh, there are fewer places to defend. But man, um, again, text line four one five two nine five KFTC. We got other angles on this, other things to talk about, and uh, that's what we'll do today. Uh, We got uh, a bunch of good stuff lined up. Talking to Mike Lyons was absolutely fantastic. We got a whole bunch of Twitter things that we both retweeted in the last 24 hours we got to touch on. Lots of good stuff on the way.
0: The Armstrong and Getty Show. In other Biden news, it was announced that the president
2: will be coming out here to California to campaign for Gavin Newsom. Newsom is trying to pull out all the stops before his recall election. But when he heard that Biden would be campaigning for him, Newsom was like, you know what? I think I'm good, actually. (laughs) Biden's going to be like, you think Newsom's doing a bad job? I'll show you what a bad job looks like.
1: Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Hollywood James Corden there. Yeah. So is that where uh, the popular
2: culture is on Joe Biden? We're going to play chunks of Joe Biden's speech from yesterday
1: to kick off hour two and discuss. I think it was one of the worst moments in the presidency in recent half centuries. It's terrible.
2: I can't believe the number of people I've said this is one, heard to say this is one, maybe, you know, among the worst moments of his presidency. What? He's been president for seven months. This is clearly by far the worst moment of his presidency. How's that even a question? Yeah, way to stick your neck out. Jen Psaki said that yesterday. This is one of the worst moments we've dealt with compared to what? What are you talking about? That alone is a crazy thing to say. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, switching gears, we'll get back into Afghanistan next hour. Completely 100% predictably, even the president himself knew this was going to happen. The Supreme Court yesterday said, no, Joe Biden, you can't continue to to have the CDC determine whether or not landlords get rent (laughs) or get to kick people out of their, their places for not paying rent. Hey, CDC, you don't control private property. Of course,
1: the Supreme Court decided that, as everybody predicted. Well, and and if you remember the the way this unfolded, the Supreme Court said, hey, this is extra legal. You got to wrap it up by the end of the month and uh, unless Congress specifically acts in a constitutional way. And uh, the end of the month came and the Biden administration said, well, this probably won't pass muster in the courts, but. We're going to continue it anyway, which is an extraordinary thing for someone to put their hand on the Bible and swore an oath to uphold the Constitution to do. And one of the reasons I want to bring this up is you regularly hear people say that
2: um, uh, Trump did this, Obama did this, George Bush did this. And we could go through the, the, the history over the last 20 some years of presidents going further and further down this line. But what Joe Biden did was specifically different. So, George Bush, I think it's McCain-Feingold uh, campaign reform. So, he, the Supreme Court had, there had been a ruling by, um, or C- Congress passed the legislation, and then there had been a ruling by su- some judges. Some people in the Bush administration thought, man, I'm not sure the Supreme Court is going to allow this. But some judges had. So, they went ahead and pushed it anyway. And then the Supreme Court actually did uphold it. Then, you fast forward uh, to Barack Obama who said, look, uh, I can't do this. My my lawyers tell me I can't do this, and then he does it anyway on the whole DACA thing. But a, a court hadn't ruled yet. What Joe Biden did was another step further down the line, the Supreme Court had already ruled that it was bad and went ahead and, and did it. So each president took it like one step further down the road of, I realize this might be or know that this is unconstitutional, but I'm going to do it anyway. Mm -hmm. And so that's that's where we've ended up, little by little, with executives now saying, the Supreme Court's already ruled this is not
1: constitutional. I'm still going to go against them. Well, and what was striking was those mass resignations from the CDC and from the administration over there. Oh, that's right. No, the permanent government hack said, yeah, whatever, as long as I keep getting my paycheck.
2: So the U.S. Supreme Court, Thursday night struck down a federal eviction moratorium that was recently extended by Joe Biden without congressional support, even though he knew it was unconstitutional. Uh, This is what Mayor Bill de Blasio of New York tweeted out about that. Oh, I'm sure this is going to be delicious. It's unbelievable. I thought it was fake when I first read it. A group of right wing extremists just decided to throw families out of their homes during a global pandemic. This is an attack on working people across our country and city. New York won't stand for this vile, unjust decision. What does that mean? Wow. What what does that mean? New York won't stand for this vile, unjust decision. Are you going to go against the Supreme Court ruling?
1: You know, I, I wish I still had it in front of me. There was a great piece in the Washington Post when they suddenly woke up and realized, oh, there are millions of small landlords across America, property owners who rent out property, that are getting murdered by this. They're being brought to their knees financially. And, and one of the things uh, in there that struck me, they quoted a, uh, a small-time landlord who had worked her way up from nothing to own a handful of properties. And she said, why am I different from a grocery store? If the pandemic's affected your ability to pay for groceries, you still have to pay for them. Why am I different than a gas station? You have to give that gas station owner money for the gasoline. Why am I any different from any other business person? My business is I rent properties. Why me? It's a great question. No, because only millionaires and
2: billionaires are landlords. Landlord has got the word lord in it. You're a lord of something in your fancy tights and uh, your chalices or something. You're a lord and you own properties that you rent right. out you're to the peasants man. Yeah, exactly. And you've exactly. got plenty of money, so the rent it's too damn high. And of course the crazy thing about this for the left who's always worried about people having, you know, affordable places to live, you're going to have way fewer landlords in the future when you do stuff like this. Who wants to go out and buy a
1: rental property when you know the government can do things like this? Well, like so many things, it's driving small, innovative, fast-moving businesses out of existence, and uh, and rental ownership is now being uh, concentrated in the hands of giant corporations more and more to the, an extent that's never been seen in oh, America. I was just reading about this.
2: I left out one of my main points that, that I wanted to... I didn't. I have no original thoughts. Trust me. Everything you hear... I heard somewhere else and just thought it was a good idea, and I'm passing it along to you. Um... The Supreme Court's approval ratings have dropped like 20 points in the last two years, and it's because of things like this. They get drug into what looks like political fights. The President of the United States does something that's clearly unconstitutional. The Supreme Court had already ruled on it, makes it a D versus R, left versus right thing, so de Blasio can claim its right-wing activists, and the Supreme Court is now just another political branch in a, in a lot of the public's eyes, where they used to be seen as apart from all that. And as they right. get drug into just the regular nitty-gritty
1: of, uh, of politics and their approval rating goes down, that ain't good for anybody. And then Congress is excused for not doing its job. They can just blame the evil Supreme Court in right. the uh, court of public opinion. Right. As we have fewer and fewer
2: institutions that anybody has any belief in. Fantastic. Armstrong and Getty.